Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. folk aka George Hoyle that was where you belong that came out on the 4th of February and uh wasn't that gorgeous absolutely love it now now to my chat with Matteo <laughs> author an absolute dude beloved by Irvine Welsh John Cooper Clark and the jam rightly so he has taken a dive into witchy fantasy children's books and I'm going to just mention as well that uh, the usual software that I use for doing my interviews somehow failed us on the day that we were um, we were chatting. So uh, Matteo very kindly recorded it from his end. But of course, that then sounds like I'm speaking to him down the phone because essentially I am. So my vocal quality is not perfect. Uh, but I know that you don't, uh, you know, if you listen to Rock and Roll Witch regularly, Perfection is probably not something you have come to expect. So uh, (laughs) if you're new to the show, generally, I would say don't expect a slick piece of audio, Uh, (laughs) um, but more a kind of cosy, slightly eccentric uh, patchwork quilt where there are some warps in the weft here and there, but uh, it will keep you warm on a cold winter's night. (laughs) And so with that, without further ado, here is my chat with Matt. So to start off with, welcome to the show, Matteo, and, and it's it's just lovely to have someone on the Rock and Roll Witch show who is blending rock and roll and witchery in their very <laughs> being, because <laughs> your previous books are very rock and roll, well, they're very mod, yeah. um, and there are obvious reflections of mod culture in, in, in Tales from the Foxes of Foxham, but tell us about... Tell us a bit about your books up until this point and what made you, what inspired you to then write a children's book? Good question. Well, like like many people, I've been inspired by pop culture, which means, you know, very ambiguous terms, which is music. In my case, it was more than the jam and uh, Mm. films uh, and television shows, you know, like like Only Fools and Horses, Porridge, that that London humour. And obviously, come from the suburbs, I've got a love affair with London. So when... I write my first novel, which is not autobiographical, it is semi-autobiographical, writing about the jam and being a mod. I wouldn't say it was easy, it was just 
captivating that spirit that I had when I was a, as a as a child because I became a jam fan when I was 12 years old and it was a magical time and but previously prior to that I was into Hammer Horror films and going to Norfolk and seeing foxes with my grandparents my English grandparents ah. so that's the connection so all these things really meant a lot to me growing up in, in the 70s going to Hol- I mean we would go to Italy with my, with my father and mother which I loved and I loved the Italian culture but I also really loved going to Norfolk and my brother who you know I've got great sibling rivalry with if everyone does was into horror films <laughs> so he was he would get these books these horror film books and I would look at them and the posters and I became a fan of Christopher Lee and Peter Cushion I mean my first hero before I got into Paul Weller and Bruce Fox and Rick Buckler were probably Christopher Lee and Peter Cushion they were my heroes right. along those lines and then obviously football so and then when I you know, when, when I was going to write the third novel, uh, as much as I wanted to carry on with the whole mod thing, I just wanted to write, write a children's fantasy novel. And it was fun to do. It's great that I've done three different things, but they all connect. There's all, you know, I call them the Tales trilogy. There you go. I love that. And it's true. Everything always connects. And it doesn't matter how disparate your sort of productions look from the outside. So you always know that there's a thread. And, and it's really interesting for me to hear about that Norfolk connection. There is something quite magical about it, isn't there? Exactly. It's haunting in a beautiful way. I love the woodlands, the trees and the flatness. Mm. And then there was a book which, which which was called The Folklore Myths of Great Britain. And you're reading about the witches that lived there and all the things. So it is magical. And it still is because I started going back to Norfolk two years ago. And it has that mystique. There's a very mm. there's a nice openness about it. It's very bright. And it's all, yeah, it's very therapeutic and scenic. I, I, I enjoy it. A lot of listeners, uh, people who, who sort of listen to Soho Radio more in a sort of general way, rather than specifically for my show, would be aware of your name more through uh, maybe your sort of mod-related books. So the first book was Crafty Cigarette. Was that the semi-autobiographical yeah. novel? Yeah, about about a kid, a shy kid. He's actually got no name, which I adopted idea from Colin McInnes, Absolute Beginners. And he embraces mm. the, the, the jam and mod. And I wrote it. I mean, some people think, oh, you know, the English, but I wrote it like a 13 or 14-year-old child would speak. So grammatically, it's just been remembering that moment. And sometimes it's not necessarily the jam. It could be Lance Eppin. It could be a football team. Those moments where you see a, a football player or film for the first time can shape you, you know, and change you and, and give mm. you your, your cultural makeup for the rest of your life. That's right, psychological makeup, sorry, or whatever, a cultural reference. And I just want to capsulate that. And when I wrote that, I had no idea that so many people, I get emails from people all different ages saying, I felt like that, you captured it well. And I was, I was proud of that and happy with that. So mm. that was it. And the magic, the that, you know, and it, of course we all get older, but the one thing we can always rely on is having good memories of our youth. And that, I think, keeps us youthful in our outlook, not necessarily in our looks or weights, but at least in our outlooks. <laughs> that's so true yes no it's it's hugely important and and those formative years as well you're kind of you know sowing seeds that yep. will be important for, for you forever yeah um so that that's that's beautiful so going back to tales from the foxes of foxham it's a beautiful story and uh you know could you tell us you know the read the listeners um a bit more about the, the sort of overall of story of course I can. Well, the, the witches of Benevento, which is a, a legend from Naples, kidnap a young fox called Alberto Bandino, who can walk and talk. He's the son of a mafia boss called Mario. Now, they wish to sacrifice him to plummet the world into darkness. Uh, his, his his death will unfortunately be, be, bring the world to a nightmare. However, 
he can be he gets rescued by a good witch called Carlotta, who looks like Man Monroe. And they need to go to a village in Norfolk called Foxham, which is the spiritual home of foxes where they live and breathe, work live in harmony with humans, badgers and dogs. And they go and it's an adventure of them going there. And it has to, there's a showdown with the witches of Benefinto, led by an evil dark lord called Enoch, and a black cat called Etor, wish to, you know, go into Foxham, invade it and sacrifice poor old Alberto, who's a nice, innocent, carefree fox who supports his UFC. And it's illustrated by An Andy Catalin, and it's a homage, mm. my homage to Wind in the Willows, things like 101 Dimensions, and one of the books I loved so much as a child was the Enid Blighted uh, Magic Faraway trilogy, or the Enchanted Wood trilogy. So that, that's it. So it's a light fantasy novel with witches, foxes fighting each other, and you've got good, uh, sharply dressed wolves in suits on Vespers, and bears <laughs> and, chi and chinos and uh, Lacoste t-shirts or polo shirts so there you go so there's an element of mod yeah i love that you got the mod element in there one of the things i wanted to ask you as well obviously with your um you know your italian heritage yeah. um because there's a real kind of zeitgeist for kind of looking into witchcraft at the moment and a lot of people are really kind of looking into and delving into um the sort of italian history of witchcraft and strega um, and I wondered whether that was something that you grew up kind of hearing about from maybe your your family. No, no, my my my, my Italian family were very, you know as good as they are. They come from the engineering engineering sides. I mean, like my surname Celazzari. There's bikes uh, called Celazzari bikes, which were quite prominent in Italy. So that's my family side. The witch the witchcraft side probably came from the, from you know watching horror films and Norfolk more so. But then I realised ah. when I was watching football on a Sunday afternoon of Italian football, I was watching Benevento and I saw their logo with the which is a with a witch on it. And I typed in which is a Benevento, which happens to be a few Naples, and that's where my interest for witches came from, from football. There you go. For the witches of Benevento. So that's amazing. So why do they use a witch as their logo? Because they've got the, they, they, they meant to be there. Uh, they, they've cursed the place, the witches of Benevento. It's, uh, they've got a history of being there. That, that's it. It's, it's their legend. It's their folklore. And, you know, there are some really great messages in the book. Um, you know, it, it, it's really enjoyable. But one of the things that stood out to me particularly was there's a real kind of anti-fox hunting message yep. in there, isn't there? Exactly. And I'd just like to point out as well, there's, there's some good witches in there as well. So, I, you know, I've, I've got the balance there. I just want to put that in there. Of course, I, I wouldn't have you on the show if you didn't. <laughs> exactly. So very, I'm very <laughs> exactly, I've got the balance. No, exactly. I mean, Carlotta and Trudy are the, are the, are the good witches, and they're, they're the heroes of the book. Yeah, anti-fox hunting. Since I was a child, I've always I've always found fox hunting barbaric. Uh, I, I, I think it's wrong. I think any blood sports is wrong uh, along those lines. And I want to, instead of being dictatorial and ramming down people's throats, I want, you know, children and adults to read this and realise that every animal, whether it's a rabbit, a ferret, a badger, a fox has every right to live in the countryside because they make it beautiful and they have, you know, and they're wonderful creatures. There you go. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, and I love that you've got that in there. And, and as you say, you know, with, with, with books for children, you have to kind of, you know, what, use these, you sort of do it lightly, I suppose, yeah. as you say, and you know, that's yeah. how you can really get, get deep messages across. Yeah. really effectively and again you know I, I also sort of wanted to acknowledge the, the sort of the good witch connection um, because I'm, I'm obviously naturally very keen on the, the, the sort of reframing of the witch in popular culture as someone who you know doesn't have green skin or wants to eat children or, yeah. or, or all the rest of it and I think you know there is we've, we're still sort of seeing that kind of stereotype a lot which which has obviously got like deep roots in 
in misogyny, really. So it's um, yeah. yeah, it's important that the that the the hero is is a good witch. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Well, yeah, good, 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 good witches fighting the good cause, fighting the good fight. That's it. On a Vespa rather than a broomstick. <laughs> exactly, on the Vespa, yeah. It's, it's, it's a lovely story. And, and, and so where can people find it? Well, it's available on Amazon, or people can get it from uh, Book Dispository, Double H Smith, along uh, those lines. It's, it's, it's online. It's, uh, so if they type in Google, or you go to type in Google, go into Google and type Toes from the Foxes of Foxham, it will come up. There'll be Because I know a lot of people don't like buying it from Amazon. I've got a small distribution deal with Gardner, so there's other online bookshops like hive is one that's a popular one along those lines or they can email me direct at info at zadie.co.uk but it's out there readily available yep. that's great well thank you very much for joining me mateo it's great to talk to you for the show and uh, everyone go and buy tales from the foxes of foxen because it's uh we need we need more good witches out there to inspire us especially if they're on festivals that's very cool yeah definitely <laughs> cool thank you thank you so much zoe 